0: Hello. Hello, you're the nicest. Okay, you win. Um, I am from Ireland. I've been living in your country for nearly nine years. And I have to say, Americans can be quite xenophobic. Uh, and the ones who are the most xenophobic also claim to be the most patriotic. And I'm like, mm, nobody loves America more than an immigrant. <laughs> we are the true patriots. I gave up affordable health care to live in this pyramid scheme of a country. <laughs> And I'm still here. (laughs) Also, America has gotten a bit worse since I've moved here. So every time I go home, I have to defend my decision to stay in this country. Like I'm in an internationally domestic abusive relationship. I'm like, you don't know him like I know him. (laughs) I'll never leave. (laughs) I actually thought the fact that I speak English would at least be the easiest thing about emigrating to this country, but it's been a bit insulting because I found out my English is so bad that it convinces Americans when they meet me that Ireland does not speak English as a first language. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how many times I've been told, oh my god, your English is so good? (laughs) And I've had to respond by saying, thank you, it is my only language. (laughs) It's because in Ireland we speak a hiberno English, so it's a little different. We speak predominantly in slang, and I didn't realize that you guys didn't speak the same slang, so I've never explained it. And I'll give an example. We'll always say, it's grand. It's grand, okay? But it means it's fine. You know, how was the long drink? It's grand. (laughs) Um, How was the show tonight? It was grand. You know, how was your meal? It was grand. But I didn't realize Americans thought that I was saying amazing because of grand, like grandiose. So my boyfriend is American, and the first time we slept together, he tried to speak my language. And I was like, "How is that for you? And he was like, it was grand. I was like, uh, rude. <laughs> and, uh, people will do my accent to my face every single day as well. I think the Americans think it's okay to do an Irish accent because Irish people aren't marginalized. They're like, oh, this is a safe accent to do. And I'm here to tell you it's not, okay? Because you'll start off with a top of the morning to you. But then you'll start to sound Indian. And then you'll start to sound Jamaican. I'm like, wrap it up, it's getting offensive. I've had a lot of cultural differences since I moved here. For example, as a foreigner, I really hate tipping. But as a bartender, I really hate foreigners. (laughs) I I don't bartend anymore, but I found it quite stressful when I moved over because it was the first time I ever saw bartenders doing shots with customers. That blew my mind, okay? Because you wouldn't see that behavior in any other profession. Could you imagine if you went into a pharmacy in your ordinary Xanax? (laughs) And the pharmacist was just like, there's two for you and one for me. Let's all be happy. Or cigarettes as well. I don't know what L.A. is like, but New York City, Jesus. They will give you side eye while you're having a cigarette while they're on acid. (laughs) It's mental. I was having a cigarette in peace, and this girl, she couldn't have been more than 14, she crossed the street to get mad at me. She left her life to come into my life. A stranger. She goes, oh my God, don't you know smoking kills? I was like, yeah, you should start. (laughs) Another big difference for me was the C word. I didn't realize that is really offensive here. In Ireland, your parents are disappointed if it's not your first word. So I didn't realize. It was crazy to me that you guys can't say the C word, but you can buy guns. So I say the C word, you get all uncomfortable, and you're like, bang, bang, bang. (laughs) It's crazy, too, because a lot of time when I meet Americans, because everybody knows Irish people say it, but we say it very musically, you know? So an American will go to say it to me for the first time, and it's, oh, it's, they pronounce every letter in the word. It's very aggressive, and I'm like, oh, no, I didn't say that. You hate women. That's very different. <laughs> I don't come from a gun culture, uh, but my father does have a gun because he's a farmer. It's the farmers you have to watch out for in Ireland. <laughs> but he does have a gun, and uh, he used it to shoot my cat, I know I love telling Americans that you fucking lose your mind (laughs) they're like in this country we don't shoot animals only people (laughs) it's true he shot my cat my cat was sick though he was doing him a favor by shooting him but I came home from school and he was like Katie I had to shoot the cat and I was like "Mm, I don't think that was your first option. He goes, what you expect me to do? And I go, bring it to a vet. because I'm not paying anyone to do something I could do myself. <laughs> then a few months later when my appendix blew up, I was like, don't you come near me. <laughs> <laughs> my dad heard me talk about this on stage when he came to visit and he was like, if you insist on telling the American people that I shot your cat, you have to tell them before I did it, I gave him a tin of tuna i was like how irish catholic are you that you're like here's your last meal i love my dad he's a sweetheart yes he shot my cat but he doesn't have a violent bone in his body actually growing up my mother was really violent with my father and it's a fun thing to tell people because if i were like oh my dad bet up my mother people would be like what a monster but when i tell people oh my mother bet up my father people are like what a feminist. What a she But my dad would have to lock us in the bathroom to get away from her. And I know, but don't worry. Well, you, it'll be fun at the end. Uh, she was, like, traumatized. I'm like, I lived it. Um, but yeah, he, he would have to lock us in the bathroom to get away from her. And when I was five, he had me on the toilet seat. He locked the bathroom. She was throwing herself up against the door like a demon. And he had it closed with one leg like this. He lit a cigarette... Inhaled, looked at me and goes, I hope you're learning how not to behave. (laughs) It worked. I've never raised my voice to anybody. I've never hit a partner. I've never been in an aggressive relationship, but I picked up smoking cigarettes because I was like, I have to learn something. (laughs) It's nice living in America and being able to talk about that. I feel like you guys are very open about mental health. When I grew up in Ireland, we didn't believe in mental health, and I do think you guys believe in it a bit too much. (laughs) But it's nice. I think um, the difference with the cultures is we have a big stigma against taking pills and you guys pop them all the time. (laughs) Uh, So I think you should remember that some of your stereotypes on Irish people are a bit unfair. I'll give an example. Every time I meet an American, they'll be like, oh my God, are from Ireland? Are you an alcoholic? (laughs) I'm like, not today. (laughs) But you have to realize that, yeah, we drink a lot in Ireland, but because there's a stigma against pills, uh, we're just self-medicating as a country. don't you judge me when you're having your Xanax. Okay, my pint is my Xanax. (laughs) Anytime you meet an Irish person, just ask them why they drink so much. They'll always say, ah, it's just to take the edge off. The edge is a serious mental health issue. (laughs) Uh, I post a lot online. Uh, That's what you have to do as a comedian uh, nowadays. So I get a lot of angry comments because I'll joke about America and American men get really, really upset with me when I do that. (laughs) but I think it's because I'm too many of the things that they don't like, okay? Because firstly, I am a woman and that really hurts their feelings. (laughs) Then secondly, a lot of these men who are commenting angry comments, I know they're like Southern white guys because their profile picture is a gun and so they're xenophobic and racist so they see me they think one of us and then I open my mouth and they're like this bitch fooled
1: us
0: (laughs) then the last reason and the men in the room already know this I just have to explain it to the women and that is every man secretly wants to be a comedian (laughs) every man in this room has been watching the last three comedians being like I can do that (laughs) So then they see me online. They're like, these immigrants are taking our jobs. Um, My favorite comment ever was from a guy. He wrote, go back to your own country, you ugly donkey. I was like, excuse you, sir. I am a beautiful horse. Also, his last name was Gonzalez. I was like, if I'm leaving, you're fucking leaving too.
2: This is not a test. This is rock and roll. The
1: Show. Mm, let's get ready to rumble.
3: This is Bud Old from the Mighty Mighty Gravel Brothers, and you're listening to the Liam Burke Podcast.
4: Hello, you're listening to the Leanbrook Radio Show. This is Mickey Duffy. I'd like to wish all my friends and family a very happy Christmas, wherever you are.
3: Happy Christmas, Liam, and all our rock and roll brothers and sisters from Franklin and Wayne Foggy.
4: See you all in the new year and rock reach This is
1: Stevie Diamond from Battle Creek, Michigan. I would like to wish my son Liam Burke and all who listen to the podcast... A very Merry Christmas and a happy healthy Year! Merry
5: Christmas from the Brandons from McDonough, Georgia. Oh, and Liam, I heard from one of Santa's elves and they have a switch with your name on it.
6: Hi, this is Paul McCann, wishing Liam Burke and all the listeners out there a Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Des Murphy here up in Monham. Thanks a million for playing my tunes on your radio show. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the publicity. Thank you. Uh, oh yeah. Merry Christmas Hello and welcome to the Liam Bork Show with me, Liam Bork. Here we are for another week, another Christmas week. Uh, it's getting busier and busier and busier the whole time and it's just phenomenal. Uh, yes, I, I've been flat out doing Santa at the minute. Uh, six down, seven, no, we've got seven down... And 16 to go, <laughs> so plenty more to keep going uh, From this Friday, it will be chock-a-block the whole way right through until Christmas Eve I'm looking forward to it, it's great seeing all the kids' faces and seeing them, you know, with the with the smiles And the, Some of them sceptical, some of them very pleased to see me Some of them just love the photographs and, and having a chat uh, And it's just phenomenal Great to see their faces, and that's why I do it each and every week. Anyway, uh, it's great to catch up with you guys again and play some music for you. We kicked off with uh, Katie Boyle, Ireland versus USA, and then Wizard, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Plenty more of them to come, but in the meantime, we've got this from Rod Stewart and the Small Faces. <laughs> Yeah, there you go, Mr. Rod Stewart, and stay with me, and the faces, of course, stay with me uh, on The Lean Works Show, and yeah, loads more like that coming up, of a cracker coming up from Joe Cocker in a while, but here's another track from uh, Mr. Jim Bates, and it's from the album Out on a Limb, which is on Spotify if you want to check it out, Jim Bates, uh, UK is the man's name, and Out on a Limb is the title of the album. So check it out. Here is uh, Love Too Easy.
4: As the light of the day is fading into the night. She stands at the window, waiting with hope in her eyes. Look at the some kind of affection. And te
6: Yeah, it's not a cracking track? That's uh, Love Too Easy from the album Out On A Limb, Jim Bates. Go check it out. It's on uh, Spotify. Uh, you won't be disappointed with the album. Fantastic. Well done, Jim. Thanks for the great music that you are inspiring us with every so often because it doesn't take too long for Jim to kick in with another um, another track and another album. It's fantastic. Now, what have I got for you? It's gone here. It's gone up my uh, radar. You have to wait a little. Uh, the whole thing goes through again, which is just a pain in the backside when you do it. So I'm going to do this instead. Uh, if I can do that, let me see if I, yes, uh, yes, I can do this instead. I'm going to play this because uh, I suppose it's Christmas time. It um, he's passed away now, just last week. It is, of course, um Shane McGowan. But I would prefer to play something else and I'll play something else from The Pogues maybe later on. But in the meantime, I'll play this one because it is around the Christmas time and it was always was further around the Christmas time. And both now are gone, up to the great gig in the sky. So here is uh, Fairy Tale of New York with Kirsty McCall. It was Christmas Eve baby
7: drunk tank An old man said to me Won't see another one And then I sang a song The rare old mountains here I turned my face away And dreamed about you God I It's years for me So happy Christmas I love you Baby I can see A better time When I
5: You promised me Broadway was waiting
1: for me. You were handsome.
7: You were pretty queen of New York City. When, when the band finished
1: playing, playing. they held out for more So now we was swinging. All the jokes they were singing. We kissed on the corner, corner then danced through the, the night. The boys of the end.
7: Someone, well,
5: so could anyone. You took my dreams from
1: me when I
4: first found you. I kept
7: them with me, babe. I put them with my own. Can't make it all alone. I built my dreams
4: around you.
7: The boys in the NYPD chorus to sing
6: Yeah, there you go. That's uh, Shane McGowan, the Pogues, and Kirsty McCall with Fairytale of New York. As Shane had passed away last week, he was only 65, I think. Um, but you can see the full funeral up on, uh, it's on YouTube now at the minute, but just in the church afterwards, they uh, danced and they sang the song and it was fantastic. Uh, I would like, I'd like a funeral like that where you could sing and dance at the end of it. It would be brilliant. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was great to see it and... I kinda, it was always, it'll always take you back to a certain time I think it's 20 years ago since that was out So um, it's just phenomenal When you look back and see how long And maybe even longer I didn't do my homework of course Yeah um, so look it's great Check out the video of the uh, funeral And it's there There's about two two and three quarter hours So if you have that time go check it out And you will not be sorry That's Shane McGowan of Kirsty McCall And Fairy Tale of New York Now here is Joe Cocker with the letter from 1970 that's how far back this is so this is nearly as old as me Yeah, there you go, Joe Copper and the letter live from 1970. Yes, fantastic. There, yeah, what have I got you? Oh, I have this from Mr. David Bowie. Um, a fantastic track. I always loved Bowie. I remember seeing him in Slane in 1987, and uh, was it that year? I paid, I think I paid uh, 16 quid for two tickets that year, or maybe it was even less. Anyway, I went to see David Bowie, and here's uh, a track called "Live on Mars."
5: So more she could spit in the eyes of but the film is a sad ball Cause I wrote it ten times or more It's about to be written again As I ask you to focus on Say it fighting in the dance
6: There you go, David Bowie and Life on Mars. Now it's time for more comedy, and this time around I have, who have got for you, I have got Chappelle Lacey with Being Called White.
3: Nice crowd though, nice, beautiful, white people, man, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm all about it, man. Listen, I've been traveling this country a lot, and I've been learning about the different layers of white people. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are not all the same, okay? <laughs> Don't let anyone ever fucking tell you that. Because I've been to some places that have shown me differently. I went to Vermont. And I saw the craziest shit in Vermont. I saw people playing frisbee. Yeah, no dogs. Not a dog in sight. Yeah, it was humans. Back and forth, just fucking. <laughs> Throw it back, man. Throw it back. Throw it back. Throw it back. back. Yeah, fuck yeah, fuck it. Got him. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. You do know, you ready for this one, you ready for- <laughs> <laughs> Have me fucked up. I was staring at that shit the whole time, just like I saw the man, the wildest shit of Vermont, man. I saw a roller ski team and shit. I didn't even know they got down like that. I saw fucking a rowing team too in the fucking water. I felt like I was in a goddamn allergy commercial. I was like, what the fuck is this? What is this place, man? Had me all confused, dude. We got some wild places in this country, man. I went to this place called Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. We don't need them. Fuck them, okay? Like, It's fucked up out there. I was terrified, man. I was flying into Springfield, Missouri. I saw no skyline, just fields, right? <laughs> and I don't know if you guys read a history book, but me and my people, <laughs> we ain't too fond of fields, man, okay? <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm in my hotel room, kind of freaking out, looking outside at all these fields, and I had to call my agents, and I said, hey, <laughs> why the fuck did you send me <laughs> to Springfield, Missouri? They're like, oh my God, it's amazing out there. You're gonna love it, you're gonna kill it. I said, they're gonna kill me, okay? And I don't wanna fucking die here, it's ugly, yo. Yeah, man. And they got their own Disneyland in fucking uh, Springfield, Missouri. They got their own Disneyland. They just don't call it Disneyland. They call it Bass Pro Shop, yeah. It's the biggest one in the country, they're so proud of it. Kept telling me all about it, yeah, three stories in an aquarium, yeah. You gotta go to our Bass Pro Shop. No, the fuck, I don't, homie. What the fuck about me? It says Bass Pro Shop. Fuck out of my face, dog. <laughs> why don't you go to our Bass Pro Shop? Because I seen the movie Get Out. That's why I go to Bass Pro Shop. I <laughs> think I want some teacup bitch coming up to me talking about you like fish. <laughs> Different layer of white. <laughs> And I fucks with a lot of white shit, you know? Like, I'm one of those black dudes that gets called white all the fucking time. Yeah, rightfully so, I fucking get it, yeah. You know, and I used to get mad when people would call me white boy and shit, man. And then I realized it's hard fighting for how black you are while rocking a Pearl Jam t-shirt, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, storming off to a Jeep Wrangler? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Four by four, unlimited sport, come on now, yeah? Yeah, Jeep wave, it's a culture and I'm part of it, yeah. (laughs) I'd be kicking shit on the way out, too, as I'm mad. Because that's how white dudes get mad. They always kicking shit on the way out. They'd be like, fuck you! (laughs) Yeah, y'all seen it, yeah. And that's why they're
1: punters.
3: (laughs) Let that sink in. Nah, man. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I love punk and hardcore music. That's, like, my shit. I love punk and hardcore music, you know? And here's the thing, I really like the music, but I'm not the biggest fan of the shows. sometimes, you know? Sometimes it's a different layer of white. (laughs) I went and saw one of my favorite bands, right? And I was super stoked on seeing this band because it was my first time. And they're on stage playing, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the lead singer just started spitting on everybody in the crowd. And I'm looking at everybody just take this shit, and I'm like, yo. (laughs) We should fuck him up. Let's beat his ass, man. <laughs> fuck up that mohawk. Steal those Doc Martin boots and resell them like Jordans. Yeah. <laughs> they got good resale value. So I was like, fuck this. I'm going to myself in the back. So I go to the back to enjoy myself, right? Well, the thing about punk and hardcore music is like, we got anthems and we sing, al- we sing along together. You know what I mean? And they start playing the Big Bangers. So I go up to sing with everybody, trying to dodge this spit. <laughs> and this dude spit into the crowd one more time. And that shit landed right on my fucking tongue. And since then, I discovered Dave Matthews Band. That's a great band right there. Oh, come on, yeah. Yeah, crashing me with two tickets, motherfucker, okay? That's the good hygiene whites over there. I like them, yeah, I know. Yeah, they just wear open-toed sandals and shit. I'm I'm cool with that, yeah, all right? And they got black people in the band. They had a black dude playing violin and shit, yeah. Yeah, he was just out there like, "Eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Did you know we did that, brother? Yeah. yeah. So I've been out here in Los Angeles, you know, like five years now. I got black friends and shit. Yeah. And like these dudes that you know, they're they're real witted and shit. You know, they grew up in this area called Compton, right? And uh yeah, I've heard of Compton for sure. Yep. Yep, In songs, yep, only in songs. <laughs> The funny thing about Compton is when they talk about Compton in the songs, they say it so aggressive, they just be like, Compton, Compton, Compton. And we never shout Phoenix like that at all. (laughs) We do not, what? We're like, Phoenix, jump on it, jump on it, jump on it. Yeah, that's our state song. Yeah. You know, he's changed my lingo. The lingo is like pretty wild, you know. Like the thing is, like G, everything's like, get, you gotta say G. And, you know, like, and I don't know what it means, you know. <laughs> and it's it's always aggressive, you know, like G, you know. And every time they're like, yeah, yeah, Chappelle, won't you, man, stop playing and just say that shit. And I'm like, <laughs> well, G, I'm a little lost, all right? <laughs> Freaking A, dude, sheesh. Yeah. Lordy McGordy, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be your friend, but it's fucking difficult. Golly. <laughs> Where's a friendship bracelet already, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> What's wild is, like, <laughs> even though I get made fun of for, like, I get called white boy and shit, but I also I get made fun of for my dark complexion, too. And, like, my dark complexion, that's my favorite thing about me. You know what I mean? It is. <laughs> hell yeah. Okay, black people. Hell yeah. <laughs> Some of the white people are like, oh, I say that because when I was younger, people would make fun of how dark I am, try to make me feel insecure about it and shit. They used to call me names, dog. They used to call me black as hell, Chappelle. Joke's on them, I like that name.
1: <laughs>
3: Thanks, Frank. <laughs> I killed a game with my darkness. I used that shit to my advantage, I always have. Especially when I was in school, shit. Listen, anytime a teacher was showing a video in class, that was my perfect opportunity to sneak the fuck out. <laughs> I don't fuck with school that much. I'm like, oh my God, Miss Johnson. (laughs) We watching Bill Nye, the science guy again, that's crazy. (laughs) You know, Miss Johnson, you always been one of my fave. (laughs) That was my shit. And I tell y'all one thing, <laughs> if the rest of the lights turn on this motherfucker, <laughs> I'm robbing every single one of y'all. Y'all look nice. <laughs> hey yo, that's my time, man. Y'all have a blessed To
4: all you wonderful listeners a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from a very cold and snowy England. May your stockings be full of presents and not varicose veins. Well, Merry Christmas. Ho, oh, oh, ho, oh. ho from Robbie all oh God bless
7: Hi this is Paul Flynn from the Puppet McManus Band Have a rockin' Christmas and a stomp a new year
2: Merry Christmas everybody and to all a happy new year especially to all those Pat McManus fans out there I'm really Looking
4: forward to seeing you all next year. At... Hey, Liam. Terry Ferguson here in the middle of the Gobi Desert of Mongolia. Wishing you and all your listeners a very happy Christmas and a happy new year. Keep on rocking in the free world.
7: Listeners from Tony and Porrick and Martin from Melton Pot. Have a cool Yule, guys.
4: See ya.
6: Thanks, Tony. Um, yes, the reason I played Pearl Jam and Daughter Dare is because if you were listening closely to Chappelle Lacey, you would have heard uh, he mentioned uh, Pearl Jam and also Dave Matthews Band, just for anyone else keeping notes. Uh, but I don't have a... My two song ready to go so I won't be playing that one I have a couple of more tracks before I finish off this week and here is another track from the album Out on a Limb by Mr. Jim Bates and it is called As the Storm Blows In with all the storms that have been going on the last while I think Jim knew this was going to happen so there's the song for it As the Storm Ro- Blows In from uh, Out on a Limb by Mr. Jim Bates <laughs>
4: and watching the world
6: They go, as the storm blows in, from the out of the limb, Mr. Jim Bates, seeing as we had uh, Storm Fergus last Sunday. So there's, uh, <laughs> see, there's loads of them still around, and every time it comes around, there's always another one. So we just have to hopefully, uh, <laughs> we just have to hope that it uh, gets better and better, because the, the storms seem to be getting worse and worse. Because we too, I think we'd won on Saturday... And then we had one on the Sunday as well, and it was just a pain in the arse going through the two of them at the same time. But what can we do? This is the world we're living in now at the minute, and I'm not going to start getting into it. Here is Jimi Hendrix Experience with Hey Joe Live from 67, and this song is older than me.
8: You know I'm probably messing around town and I give it a go shot Where you gonna go yeah. hey, hey, Joe, I said Where you gonna run to now Where you gonna go Hey, yeah. I'm going way down south Way down, there's no way I'm going way down south. Way down, I can be free. Ain't no one gonna find me. Ain't no hangman for me. He ain't gonna put a rope around me. You better believe it, baby. I gotta go. Hey, hey, Joe. Better run on down. Better goodbye, everybody.
6: Yeah, there you go—the Jimi Hendrix experience and Hey Joe from 1967. Do you ever wonder what it would be like, uh, what them guys would be like if they were still around today? The likes of Jimi Hendrix or even going on to uh, what do you call it, um, Jim Morrison—and like, just just unreal to, to think of uh, what they would have been like today. They'd be well in their seventies, um, even Freddie, Kr- Freddie Krueger, Freddie Mercury. Just to see what they'd be like today was unreal. Now, I'm going to leave you with another track from The Pogues. And this is one of my favourite tracks from an album called Rum Sodomy and the Lash. Uh, check it out. I think it's on. We'd like to see if it is on um, Spotify. I'd say it is. Uh, so you can check it out there. We'll just type it in here and we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll just I'm just feathering here for a minute. And I'll just go on to that and see it, if it's there. Because it's a fantastic album. I remember having it on cassette and uh, then I got it on CD. Uh, just where is the Ah yes, it's there. It's um waw, 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 just feathering here from in the rum sodomy on the lash. Uh it's there. There's some great tracks and no, there's a lot of great tracks in There's the sick bed of Cucullin, the old main drag, Wildcats of Kilkenny. Uh it's a, it's a ma- I'm a man you don't meet every day, a pair of brown eyes, Sally McLean, Dirty Old Town, Jesse James, uh, Navigator, Billy Bone Billy's Bones the gentleman soldiers. The, the band played waltz Matilda. A pistol for Paddy Garcia. London girl. No, they're not in it. Them ones. It only goes as far as um, a pistol for Paddy Garcia is what it is. There's a few extra ones there. It's an expanded edition is what it's called. But uh, check it out. It's there on Spotify, and I want to play this track from it because it's one of my favourite songs. Until next week, Lean Bork signing off on the Lean Bork Show. Stay safe, mind each other, and I'll see you all next week. The Pogues and a pair of brown eyes. Take it easy. Bye bye.
7: What's up? Cuts one to three There was no pair of brown eyes waiting for me